Welcome to Finding Fit, a podcast by three best friends and business partners. We're holding nothing back, and we apologize in advance. I'm your host, Angela Beeler. And I'm your host, Katherine Ballas. And I'm your host, Emily Field. So grab a cup of coffee, take a shot of whiskey, or pour your favorite glass of Prosecco. And join us for a conversation about finding your place in this crazy world. And this. Is finding fit. <laughs> that was good. That was 100% improvement, even though it was still wrong. All right. Hi, Chelsea. There's Chelsea. Yeah, I have to sit up. Angela. <laughs> Angela. Resting on the forehead. I love that. <laughs> Microphone placement on your head. Thanks. Are you nervous? No. 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 We don't have to keep any of it. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna be great. But I know it's not like live. It's a whole different kind of thing. You know, whenever we're doing a Facebook Live, we were doing Q and A. We didn't know what all the questions were going to be. Mm-hmm. I think what's different is up. the focus is you, right? And that can be uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah. Yes, I'm pulling up my questions. not like. It's uncomfortable for you. It would be uncomfortable for, for any one of us. Yes. Because we're not used to like being the singular More conversational mm-hmm. conversations. Yeah. Well. Well, and sometimes I like to answer questions with questions for other yeah. people. So <laughs> I don't know, Angela, what do you think about? <laughs> I know one, one time I, when I did that Waco podcast, the downtown depot, um, the, guy interviewing me asked me what refit's ethos was oh, right. and i literally went you're like don't use big words at me okay what do ethos. you think refit's ethos is? Well, said, what's your ethos i said what's your definition of ethos <laughs> you know there's that's that's good you don't ever say well what's the definition of e-? you right. say what's your definition <laughs> okay all right well welcome to episode whatever of finding fit. What are we talking about today? Emily, <laughs> the magical unicorn. E is for Emily and E is for enthusiasm. So we've been doing ACE intros. We've been introducing ourselves so you guys can get to know us and that so we can get to know one another a little bit better. And we have moved on to E is for Emily. I have a question for the group before we get started, just so that we all feel involved in the question and answering. Would you rather interview or be interviewed? What side do you want to be on if you had to pick one? Interview. In Wait. I would like to be the interviewer. Okay. Interviewer. Yes. Same for Same. you, Emily? Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to be the question askers? Angela? Um, I think I'm a good interviewer. I think I have good questions. Sometimes I think I could be Oprah, you know, because she asks. <laughs> that's that's one thing I think every morning. You know what? Today I could be Oprah. No, I'm just saying she's a good interviewer, and I think she's intuitive with where she leads people, and uh-huh. I think that's an art. Um, but I'm also comfortable being interviewed if I know what I'm talking about. Keywords we'll if I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. Well, not if I know what to talk about. Like uh, I don't need a list of questions before, but. I can only speak on things I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of I'm gonna rearrange just a little BTS, a little behind the scenes, Emily um, asked for a preview of questions, which is a normal thing to ask for when you're going to be interviewed. And we said no. <laughs> because Sorry. Because I think there's some things that are or, that's organically lost when you pre, pre-plan questions. Like I will talk myself into answers so that when I'm being recorded, it doesn't even sound like a natural voice anymore. Sure. I think I was more so leaning on, you know, when somebody asks if you'd like to be interviewed or whatever to talk about how Refit got started. Then you don't know what kinds of questions they're going to ask in that interview or, hey, we'd like to interview you to talk about being a working mom. Right. Okay. Then I go into You wanted it. some context. Right. Yeah. So, you know, well, you can- guys... Who knows what kind of content you're going to get today. I can tell you the context is your whole life. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) And the good news, you're talking about yourself. So you're not going to get it wrong. Well, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can't get it wrong. Like you're literally going to just be sharing about you. Okay. I think Emily's fear is maybe saying too much or not Mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. That's okay. That's okay. Um, we are the producers and editors of this podcast. <laughs> That's right. So you don't, re- literally, you don't have to worry about it. We get to say what ends up on the editing floor and what gets shared yeah. with the public. And, you know, maybe we keep some things for blackmail in the future. Who knows? Yes. Okay. So, um, okay. So just for the listeners at home who are listening, Catherine and I have both independently come up with a list of questions. I have not seen Catherine's questions. Catherine has not seen my questions. Emily has seen neither of our questions. And so what do you think? We'll just go back and forth and asking Emily. And overall, we just want you to get to know Emily a little bit more. Yes. How we know her. Okay. All right. My, my question starting off, it's just a series of either or you're just going to choose one i'm going to give you two things and you tell me one or the other which you prefer okay so bath or shower shower do you ever take baths no okay coffee or wine what time (laughs) (laughs) if you had to choose to only drink one for a month coffee okay massage or facial massage Ooh, good answer beach or mountain mountain yes oh no beach mountain mountain okay i I did not know this recent change in my life okay reading or writing uh i'd say reading okay leggings or sweatpants sweatpants college or high school high school big boobs or big butt big butt no option (laughs) (laughs) bad breath or body odor uh, body odor. Running or yoga? Running. Angela or Catherine? <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> Just kidding. Yes, Catherine. Yeah, like that, um, that truth telling mm-hmm. where you ask the, the shotgun of questions and <laughs> yeah. then you try to just get the yeah, that's what knee I was, jerk That's answer. what I was hoping for. Okay, I want to <laughs> go back to big boobs and big butt though. It's, it's more about what would you rather have, but you were saying you already have the big butt, so that's mm-hmm. what you would want. Yeah, I don't mind it. I okay. actually think big, big boobs for my lifestyle would be an inconvenience. I wouldn't, I don't want them because mm-hmm. I wouldn't know what to do with them. Right. Okay. And if it was that in place of a butt, it would, yeah, it would limit <laughs> what I'm able to do with my bod. Like, <laughs> well, and then some people just have both, which is, you know, which is unfortunate. Okay. 
and just give us a kind of overview of who you are. You're yeah. a mom, you're a wife, how old are you? How old are you? Yeah. your kids, how yeah. you and Tommy met, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I was born in Waco um, in the year of 1987, <laughs> but I have two older sisters. So I always say, you know, I was born in the late 80s, but my life was as though I was born in 79, which is when my oldest sister was born. So all their clothes, the fashion, the music, the TV shows, you know, so I still consider myself a child of the 80s even though I was coming in kind of on the end of that decade. So that means I am 32 and a half right now. I have two children, uh, two little boys. They are five and three. Their names are Crew and Hayes. And I am also a wife to my husband, Tommy. He and I started dating when we were in high school. We actually went on our first date the summer after our eighth grade year, or my eighth grade year. He was, you know, the cool older kid. Older so, guy. Yep, yep. Uh, and so, yeah, I've lived in Waco my whole life. I went to Baylor, but um, he, my Tommy. <laughs> my Tommy. <laughs> my Tommy. <laughs> That's cute. Gross, possessive <laughs> words. Let me say is something that I will never say is my <laughs> hubby, my anything. It's like when people say, my bride. My bride. I'm like, Oh. Or whenever people refer to their spouse as my husband, right? You're like, I know, I know that name. person. Just call him Jake. We yes. already know. We already know. They're Jake. like, I'm talking to my husband. They're like, yes, his name is Tommy. Okay, I do that. Is that annoying? Because on my Insta story, sometimes I'll go, my husband does not want to blah blah blah. But Should I talking, just say Cody? No, you're talking to street people you don't public. know. Okay, but if you were like. Hey, Catherine uh, and M, sorry, I can't uh, go for drinks tonight because my husband said I'd be like, oh, no, you mean it. Cody? Like, <laughs> that would be weird. Right. When right. people use proper nouns for, for people that. The, okay. the worst, sorry to clarify, mm-hmm. the worst is my husband, comma, name. <laughs> I've literally heard someone say, my wife, Sally. And I'm like, A, I know she's your wife because I've worked with you for 10 years. Right. And B, I know her name. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> I still think that my bride trumps it all in terms of gross references. Yeah, because no woman is going, my groom. <laughs> but you know the difference, though? I say my boys all the time. I say my kids, my girls, yeah. You know, there is, uh, That's fine. they're still a dependent of yeah. you. Yeah. A fellow adult that the people already know. Yeah. I was literally it's, introduced to someone's wife. He said, this is my bride, Melissa. <laughs> And that and was were, the end of that. Right. <laughs> then y'all weren't friends. <laughs> Close book. So nice to meet you. Emily, you're, you're my Tommy, your uh-huh. husband, groom. Yes. Tommy. Yes. You're Tommy. He, uh, got drafted to play professional baseball in 2008. So I was still in college at the time. Um, we got married in 2010 and then we made the decision that I would go with him. Um, wherever you actually baseball. said it in your wedding vows. We did. We chose the Ruth vows. Can you, can you, for the audience, repeat it just as you said it? We laugh about it so much. Let's set up the story. So Angela was in the house party. Uh And let's be clear that I was the videographer. Well, so we were new friends. In the South, you know, the customary kind of wedding tradition is that you have your bridesmaids and then you have a house party and... Then if you're my family in the South, you hire your friends to do things for your <laughs> Absolutely. Wedding. And you guys are relatively new friends. Yeah, I said we were new friends. Like I remember. New friends in January. I got married that October. I remember sweating your whole wedding because I was like, I better be getting the shots because this, this is a new friend. Got to do, do this right here. Well, let me tell right. you, as a house party member, I got a pair of Victoria's Secret 
underwear that had house party embroidered on oh, they them. were hanky pankies they were hanky pankies. oh they were yeah, that's yeah. right and they were so comfortable i wore those underwear until the elastic completely you, broke you off wore the it until it said ouse arty <laughs> <laughs> so if you're if you're getting married out there and you want to know what to get members of your house party embroidered underwear is the way so to go. emily's mm-hmm. vows though i do remember this being the videographer that you're the octave of your voice dropped okay i'll i'll give you my my train of thought going into that day so we had specifically chosen the the vows I think that are commonly used from the book of Ruth in the Bible you know where she's talking about where you go I will go where you die I will die there too I'll be buried it's kind of this um, I don't know more non-traditional version of wedding vows but we chose those because we knew that we were entering into a life together that was going to take us lots of different places a life together (laughs) everywhere you go there too I will be (laughs) well I have heard my voice, whether I'm leaving a voicemail or whether it's my own answering machine, I have a tendency when I'm t- speaking in public to go a, a higher decibel. And so I knew on my wedding day, I was like, okay, I want to try to maintain voice control and speak at my normal pitch. And it was a conscious, like, I'm going to speak differently mm-hmm. <laughs> on this day. Yeah. But then watching the video back that Catherine made for us. Whoops. It came out. Where you go, I will go. (laughs) It was like, hey, where you go, I'm going there. (laughs) We'll be there together, T. But not even. I do. But not even in a normal tone. You were overcompensating. It was monotone, (laughs) yes. I was so aware of the the cemented yes. sound of that moment that I didn't want it to be all squeaky and where you go, I will go. And, oh yeah. Because yeah, a, a, a lot anyway. of vows people get, yeah, they, in, especially in that moment they get like, <laughs> or they get very breathy where they're like, where you go, I will go. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, this is inappropriate. Right. We right. gotta go. Yes. We yeah. could do a that whole podcast sense. on mist- wedding day mistakes. Oh, man. Yeah. So after you guys got married in Waco. So we got married um, in Waco, but then, like we already knew, baseball was going to take us lots of different places. We wound up living in seven different cities between 2010 and 2017. Um, the back and forth in between that, obviously, um, I don't know if you listeners know, but Refit also started um, in the year 2011. We had been teaching fitness classes before that. Um just here locally, but then 2011 is whenever Refit really started to take form. And so as my husband's career was taken off and as Refit was taken off, then that just, you know, put us on a plane a lot. And so we got to see a lot of new places, got to get to know a lot of new people. Um, So that time of our lives is, you know, irreplaceable. And very, very fond memories. And it's now over. You're rooted here in Waco. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I will go ahead and say, he did make it to the major league. Yes, he did. I mean, this was not just like a, oh, we're going to try as hard as we can and, you know, grunt through it for seven years. He actually did accomplish his his goal and his dream with three different teams. So. One of my favorite moments, maybe of my life, but specifically with you guys involved is he got called up to play for the Dallas Texas Ra- Rangers. Texas Rangers. Uh-huh. 
Um, and we all got to go to see his first game, and he hit a home run. Yep. His first at bat, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, in that first game. And yeah. you had baby crew, and you were jumping up and down, and crew was crying because we were all screaming our heads off. And I remember grabbing crew from you. I just handed crew to yes, you. so that you could just <laughs> like physically celebrate. I, I have the photo of crew going, <laughs> like, and I'm like, Ugh! and everyone's like, ah. It was, it was such a magic moment. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know much about baseball, but that was, that's what dreams, mm-hmm. when dreams become reality in moments yes. like this. So yes. that was cool. Mm-hmm. So speaking of kids, yep. how many do you have? Two. Two. Yeah, two boys, Crew and Hayes, that are five and three. They run my life in all the best ways. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun having Crew during that time. Hayes was still a, a in that newborn that, you know, he was under the age of one in that final season in 2017. Um, but that was what was really special. Mm-hmm. I think about traveling with baseball was, it was how I envisioned it being, you know, of having kids and just letting them come along with our life. And I always joke and say that crew didn't change our lives. He just added to it. He just yeah. was such a trooper. He's always been, uh, in. so easy. Yeah. And flexible. Um, but then Hayes came and changed our lives. <laughs> not so easy. He not did so not flexible. want to be there past the fifth <laughs> inning, and he was not uh, as agile of a baseball baby. But well, yes. I will say this is a good time to probably comment on a life that you lived that most could not handle. But you are an Enneagram Seven, which means mm-hmm. you're very enthusiastic and you can turn any situation into a positive. And I just remember being your friend and. Uh, seeing you in many moments where you guys were packing up to move again mm-hmm. to um, one time that I vividly remember was when you were guys were moving to Florida because there was, tell me if I'm saying spring that, training, yeah, spring, spring training, training. Mm-hmm. and you could not, you guys couldn't find a rental home. The Zika virus had just kind of erupted in that area. You had crew, you were, I had crew. I was in my first trimester pregnant with Hayes. Okay. So you had and the crew Zika was like only dangerous for women in their first trimester. Yes. And you guys were living out of a hotel. Mm-hmm. And to me, I would have tolerated it for a day before I took myself home. But it, you, you just weather all of the things with such grace and such support of Tommy. So mm-hmm. Well, let's also talk about the time that you had two small children on an airplane and had to change them in the tiny bathroom. Oh, gosh. You guys, you just have to tap into a different kind of mindset. <laughs> when when you look at your options and you think there's there's no other option, this, this has to happen. At the time, I think the hardest, <laughs> the most challenging time on the plane was when crew was newly potty trained and I was trying to convince him to go in his pull-up because we were in a must fasten seatbelt mm-hmm. time. So when he was, I mean, bent and determined to go to the toilet. He's like, Mom, no, I got this right, down. Right. When Hayes is still so little and, you know, blowouts, you name it. But I think that's why Hayes was, you know, people ask, did it was it more challenging to go from zero kids to one? or from one to two. And for us, it was one to two. Once I became outnumbered trying to do that lifestyle, mm-hmm. it, it did become challenging, but it's at a certain point, it just had to be comical, you know, mm-hmm. to know that you're going to have one sitting on the changing table above your head while you're actually trying to go to the bathroom with a, the other child on you your know, lap. With, 
poop on all over his leg. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> a great visual. Well, I'll yeah. say, you know, there's 12 years of difference between Emily and I. And how many years between you guys? I'm 42. Stop. <laughs> what are you? I'm 36. I know, but what's the age difference there's between you guys? Four years. Nine? I don't know. Like, May to... Made in November. Why do we not like know this four, off the off four and a, it, four and some? Yeah. Okay. So nine years of difference between Catherine and I. Twelve years of difference between Emily and I. And four years of difference between you guys. But what I will say, and I mean this, I actually one of my biggest regrets is being at your rehearsal dinner and not being brave enough to stand up. Okay, let me give a backstory. Emily's rehearsal dinner. I got to go because I was in the house party wearing my underwear, and you guys opened the floor wearing my underwear. <laughs> I was gonna go commando, but uh, decided to put the house party embroidered underwear on. I did. Got and that in the gift set. Wore it the next night. I'm in. Good. <laughs> um, Anyway, at the rehearsal dinner, you guys opened the floor up to let people just share stories about you and Tommy, which I loved. Mm -hmm. I was too insecure to stand up because not that we were new friends, but the people who were standing up sharing were lifelong There weren't a lot of mutual friends. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But one of the stories that I wanted to share that to this day impacts me so much just when I think about my own marriage is... We were at a fitness convention together. You guys were about to get married. Um, I think the wedding was a couple of months away. And Tommy got his first call up. And he's calling you to tell you, yes, he's excited, but he's also having to tell you that because of the call up, you guys won't be able to go on your honeymoon after the wedding Mm -hmm. because he's going to go chase his dream yes and it was so striking to me to hear your response because i was in the room with you listening to your response and you know you've heard bridezilla's you've heard you know how many people are just so self-centered on that day because it's my day and i've supported you forever this is the one day you every ounce of you literally was as equally excited for tommy and you immediately started spouting off how you guys can make it work you're like it's okay we'll just delay the the honeymoon because if we go later it would it'll be better anyway because the weather will be better and we'll get to say we're doing it harry we're doing it and i we're doing it harry she literally said that to him and i just was so struck by like your support of him is so real it's Mm -hmm. it's not fake in any moment that you could have had over the past 10 years of him traveling to be selfish you just never chose that So how did you, were there moments where you had to talk yourself into remembering that you're there to support him or was his dream as much yours as it was his? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you, Angela, for that kind recount of that memory. That's my rehearsal dinner moment. Yes, it means means a lot that you saw that, you noticed that. Um, I think what is so interesting, and I'm not saying this as like, that's just normal for Mm -hmm. me, but really like to, to think of, any other response just never would have crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think whenever you are so closely walking with someone and seeing the amount of work, seeing the drive that they have, seeing how much sacrifice they too are making, the sacrifice was not all Mm -hmm. me making it to make that, that dream a reality for him. There was equal or more sacrifice on his part to make to make that dream a reality for himself and so yeah if if I were given the opportunity to do it all over again a hundred percent I mean there was there truly was nothing but sheer joy excitement 
for him, for us. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say to this day, there is no resentment Mm -hmm. of what I was held back from or what it required of me or well, to be honest, you weren't held back from a lot. You, you know, you had to make sacrifices on both ends because, like you referred to, the business that we started was also taking off when Tommy's mm-hmm. career was taking off, and so there were those moments that you had to sacrifice a little bit in both. But, you know, I really admire that you, you had the capacity to try and the willingness to try to do it all, mm-hmm. and you did. I mean, it doesn't mean it was easy. It just means that your mental attitude and your commitment to both of those things yeah. kind of overrided any any resentment that could have built up on either end of that. Yeah, and I think that a phrase that I've had in my mind, whether it's been conscious or subconscious, but I really do think that one of the biggest uh, pitfalls of, of man is to strive for comfort mm-hmm. and to only live to be comfortable. And so Tommy always says like, play uncomfortable. Like he tells mm-hmm. crew that what five it, years old. What does he, what is his, what is the thing his dad told him? It's oh, like, yeah, uh, sitting on you a, should be able to squat nude on an iceberg, squat nude on an iceberg, play uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, the weather's not always going to be right you're gonna be too hot you're gonna be too cold your pants are gonna feel weird like you have to learn how to play uncomfortable and I think you have to be able to be willing to live uncomfortable Mm -hmm. otherwise you miss out on so much so if things were always just trying to make things easy then we would have missed out on so much joy that that experience brought our family I think for me what stands out about that conversation story you watched and then impacted you is that it's more than comfort it's expectation Mm. and I think most brides are like I'm gonna have my my honeymoon this is what this is what we do now Mm -hmm. and just that that's it's not even that it's impressive it's like that speaks so much to your character of Mm -hmm. like People don't know they have expectations till they're not met. Correct. And then they're upset. Mm-hmm. And to say that like, you were just like, cool, I'm in. Yes, let's go. I mean, that, I, most brides would not respond that way. Well, I think in general, I can say this very honestly about Emily. When, when you're, you rarely think about yourself first, I think. It doesn't mean you don't think about yourself at all or as a part of what's being thought about, but your first automatic response is not about how it affects you necessarily. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Maybe you just hide it well. But. Well, <laughs> um, yes, what I'm learning is to my detriment and even to others. You know, yeah. like I have learned now more so since 30, you know, that kind of, I knew that other people had learned a lot starting at age 30 and beyond, but it really has been true for me. I feel like my maturity and, and self-awareness and growth has has exponentiated in the last two years than the 10 years prior to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yes, my, my default is to be a yes person, mm-hmm. um, and immediately see how it's going to benefit or impact other people. And so it's not until I get into it that I realize that there was right maybe a bigger cost than I had mm-hmm. factored <laughs> for, yeah. for myself, but I am learning that when things do come at the expense of yourself, sometimes that does impact 
what the original intention was for that other mm-hmm. person, you know? Right. If, if and it kind of shapes to. the expectation. So right. you said yes, but you really didn't think through how it would affect you. Your expectation was maybe that it wasn't going to affect you and now you're in it and you're affected. Yes. Yes. But the big thing with that is that I've, it, it's always been so important to me that once I have said or made a decision or committed to own that commitment. Mm-hmm. If it becomes hard on me because I didn't think it through before that you, you said, you right. said, yes, you made that commitment. So, um, which is such a, a great way be, uh, to kind of paraphrase you and Tommy's relationship because you said yes in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And ever since then you have continued to say yes to the crazy chaotic lifestyle, yeah. which has now settled down. And as a side note, I do still highly recommend waiting a month before you go on your honeymoon. Yeah. It really yeah, is so much better. I mean, we, cause I did go, he had gotten invited to fall league, which is where all of the top prospects are invited to go. It's a, it's a separate league than the, uh, normal baseball season. So that's what was interrupting our wedding plans mm-hmm. or our original wedding plans. Um, so we did get to go spend time and just kind of breathe. I mean, gosh, you're so tired at the end of that. When the night was over, I was actually so glad that I was not having to drive to DFW mm-hmm. and fly out at 5 a.m. and, you know, spend two days recovering and then enjoying the honeymoon. So totally. Yeah. If you are planning a wedding, I would, you know, consider. Which I am. For my oldest. Timing. I will pass that along. You sure are. Speaking. Good. Well, I was just going to say, I wanted to piggyback on something. You're, you said you're a yes girl. You said We've established that you don't readily think about yourself first. And I can echo that because I also know that your mom has done mm-hmm. a great job of raising you to think of others first. You were the third of three girls. Yes. You were the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, your next oldest sister was eight years older than you? We are. Uh, they were eight and a half and five and a half when I was born. So like our school years is like nine, six, mm-hmm. me. Got it. Nine, six, me. Nine, six, me. <laughs> so you were the third child. And I remember you telling me a lot. Still that are the third child. <laughs> Janet yes. was, is and always will yes. be. <laughs> third and final final child. And I remember you um, you is telling me this story about hanging out in your older sister's rooms mm-hmm. and saying what? Just be quiet. Just don't be the little one that wanted to have something to say or wanted to know what they were talking if you could just be quiet nobody will ask you to leave right <laughs> so if i stayed in the corner oh i was a sponge that's what i say like uh-huh. i think that i am uh, i identify with memories and whatnot of of people in their now early 40s mm-hmm. because my sister is now 40 and so her group of friends i feel like i was you were like there in on yeah. everything that was going on yeah. during that time. And I don't know how your mom did that necessarily, but she always raised you to think of others first. And I'm mm-hmm. sure in within your siblings, she was always maybe encouraging you to think about, well, how would Anessa feel if you did that? Or how would Kylie feel? Yes. Yes. We really did not grow up where there was a lot of bickering among mm-hmm. siblings. And so whenever wow. my mom sees, you know, or hears about like, oh, you know how, how siblings will do, or, oh, you know how sisters will fight. She's like, Actually, I don't like, I don't remember that, but my mom also has a tendency to have a selective memory, but I will say that she don't all moms though, especially about their kids. Oh yeah. Even me looking back, I'm like, Oh, those plane rides were hilarious. You know, (laughs) I know at the time I'm sweating chocolate, right? I remember running through the airport with the Bjorn bouncing up and down because I'm about to miss the flight, you know, and truly panicking. So yes, everything in hindsight is 
not always roses, but I think there also was just a very black and white, like not tolerated. Mm -hmm. You, you live together. You are sisters. You're the only sisters that you will ever have. Work it out. Mm -hmm. So I want to hear really quickly about, uh, I think it was maybe your, was it your first date with Tommy Mm -hmm. at the movies? Oh yeah. That's when I roped him in. Yeah. I think we all need to hear a little bit about that lasso. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can go ahead and preface it by saying that not much has changed. I wish this was a story about this previous version of myself that I'm so embarrassed about because this would never happen present day. Um, That is not the case. (laughs) So uh, it was summer after eighth grade. I was going to the movies with some of my friends. Tommy, we uh, found out, I think through AOL. AIM, Mm -hmm. Instant Messenger. Yes, that we were talking with one of his friends on AOL. And they're the ones that said, hey, we're going to the movies. Would y'all want to come with us? And I was already at my friend Colleen's house. And so we meet them there. And the movie we were going to see, first of all, I a moment that I'm not proud of was sneaking into the back of the movie theater and then just like doing double features and never paying for a single oh, one of got them. got it. Yeah. You know, like theater hopping. Yes. Yeah. One person would buy the ticket and then they would go open the back door for the rest of us. Oh, like, oh wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not... Again, not a proud moment. Nine people walk this in. Was, the so, bright light shines right. in the theater. <laughs> so all this to say, because I, I know, you know, if you're really listening intently, you're going to start scratching your head when you realize that there's eighth graders going into a rated R movie. So just letting you know, that's how this was orchestrated. The movie was Halloween H2O. Okay. So you know the whole Halloween series, of those horror movies, mm-hmm. H2O was this like summer release. I think it was, you know, August or so. Well, I knew I wasn't allowed to see that movie. I mean, I wasn't allowed to see many PG-13 movies, but Thomas Field was going to be there. And so I went inside anyway because I had a huge crush on him. And I was able to like finagle my way to actually sit by him. And he knew you were going to be there too? Like he wanted you to be there as well? It was just group okay. hangout. So but he she, was just there with his friends and I was there with my friends. She it was, was like, aware of him. Was yes. he aware of you? I remember him walking in with that backwards hat. Oh my gosh. I was standing by the candy and he walked in and I made sure to just walk at that same pace so that we'd walk up the stairs at the same time so that I could. Wow. Be in so there. You were going for it. I was on it. the prowl. But okay. wait, I still need to know. Did he we know, don't who know who you were? He did yes. know who I was. Yes, yes but yes, we yes. don't know if he was as aware of her as she was of him. I don't think he was like, hey, Alberto, make sure I get to sit by him. <laughs> that was the name of his friend. Anyway. So we sit up there, but of course I'm very nervous for lots of reasons. A, because I know that I'm deliberately disobeying like where I'm supposed to be. B, because of who I was sitting next to. So I started to get a wave of consciousness, consciousness, no. Uh, wave of, uh, wave of guilt, guilt, really, yeah. yeah. Um, so I kept leaving. I kept walking out. And I remember calling my mom on the payphone saying- Payphone, yeah. let's just take a moment of silence for the payphone. <laughs> I had my 50 cents and I called my mom and I explained to her what I, I admitted what I was watching and, but I told her I'm sitting next to Thomas Field. Can I please stay here? And she said, honey, you know how I feel about those movies? Garbage in, garbage out. You're not going to Janet, <laughs> this is going to affect you. So I said, okay, you're right. But I go back in anyway. So then I'm just nervous because now it's like, okay, before once you've talked to your parent 
and it's been like a, another layer of no. I already knew it was wrong. Then I asked her. She confirmed that it was wrong. And then I still went back inside. So then I'm just nervous. So I knew I needed to like make the time worth it while I was sitting next to him. And so I just <laughs> make the time worth it. <laughs> what is that? Let's just push the fast forward button on what needs to happen. <laughs> so I'm sitting next to him. I'm wearing shorts. Duh. It's summer. And I just lean over and I said, hey, um, I shaved my legs today. Do you want to feel how smooth they are? Okay. I, I actually am, digress I am when I said this is not embarrassing. Literally cringing for, for <laughs> you. I didn't know the, I don't think I knew the payphone calling Janet part oh, of the story. Oh, that I was like so nervous You were already. trying to, you were trying to exponentially increase your chances of <laughs> interacting with him. You're like, hey, I shaved my legs. <laughs> yes. It was a Hail Mary attempt. Okay. Yes. But then, we got to make conversation Yeah, happen. but then this is, yeah. Not only conversation, touching. Yes. <laughs> well, I, wait, I'm sitting wait. next to you. You need to touch my leg. <laughs> Because I don't know that we're just going to like naturally start holding hands. So I have to like invite you to make contact with me. Oh my God. <laughs> so I said, I just shaved my legs. Do you want to feel how smooth they oh are? Oh my gosh. And of course he's like, uh, sure. And he goes to rub up my leg. I don't remember now if it was like knee, shin, lower quad. I don't know. But as soon as he did, <laughs> then I just turned and said, ha ha. Gotcha. Because I had not <laughs> shaved my legs. They were prickly, spiky, hairy uh, legs that I forced him to touch. What did I he mean, say? I don't know if I, I'm trying to go back deeper in my memory to think if I was sitting there and then all of a sudden became aware that you could see the hair on my legs or that I hadn't shaved. So you were trying so to make rather a quick than like, joke about it. I'm going right. to go ahead and like, say, you're going to notice I'm going to go ahead and say he could not see the hair on your leg <laughs> given the the light, the lack of light in the movie theater. I don't well, know, I'm just guys. laughing at the, what's possibly on the screen. You know, like people are being stabbed and hey, blood is everywhere. I'm going to lighten this up real yeah. quick. <laughs> so what did he say? So I do not remember the the words that came out of his mouth but I remember the the look on his face of like uh, uh, which I know you can't see my face right now you friends at home but it was a a moment a, a confused but like intrigued okay you are interesting <laughs> so I think mission accomplished anyway to speed this story along I Still felt guilty. I had cracked a weird joke. I made him touch my hairy leg. I was still convicted that I was in this rated R movie. So I leave. I go back down once again to the concession stands and or concessions. And then he meets me down there. And he said, hey, I've noticed that you've been leaving a lot. Is everything okay? Sweet guy. So like, do you nice. just like, are you having bouts of diarrhea? Like, right. why do you He's keep like, you got bad gas? Because I do too. <laughs> why do you keep leaving? So I'm sitting in the lobby of the theater and I just said, well, it's just because I'm actually not allowed to see this movie and I feel bad that I keep going back in there. And he said, that's okay. I hate scary movies anyway. I'll sit out here with you. Oh my god. And then goodness. we started chatting on AOL after that. And then he asked me to homecoming. And the rest and is his Y'all, that is the best story. It is such a good story. It's the best story because I think 
just think about dating now with apps. Mm -hmm. If people don't say the right thing, do the right thing, talk, I mean, it's done. And if people are on they're never honest. Right. It's like, here's my profile. Here's my highlight profile. Exactly. Uh And just the fact that you were like, I can't be here. Also, I have hairy legs. Do do you want to touch them? Right. Like, and he was like, I'm going to follow that girl out. We're going to, we're going to go sit by the M&Ms. I mean, I'm glad that worked for him because I really had, I don't know if you call it false confidence. You know, we've talked about people in our lives that we know, lives, (laughs) all of our lives that, you know, maybe have a level of confidence when you look at them and you're like, really? Mm -hmm. Why? Why necessarily? But there's just this kind of unshakable uh, confidence to them. And I I had that in high school Mm -hmm. where it was almost like purposeful, like, I just am not gonna care so much that I'm gonna go out of dress code so that I can wear those midway sweatpants because I love the midway sweatpants mm-hmm. and it's cool to wear sweatpants and these rope sandals that everybody thought was weird but I thought they were cool so I would wear you know like yeah mm-hmm. it was and I think he was drawn to that and he still you know is always a fan of people that aren't just trying to go with the mold and yes. do the thing just for the sake of doing the thing but yeah you were definitely I established your own some independence. <laughs> That is yeah. so and I if you guys are listening at home and you have mothers of girls, specifically teenage girls, you probably went on the same roller coaster of emotions as I just went on as I'm listening to Emily, you know, talk about being a teenager and asking a boy to touch her leg and calling her mom and doing what she wasn't supposed to do but doing it anyway, but um I one thing actually it was on my question sheet, so it's good to just ask, but I feel like you were raised with such loving parents and I always feel like you made such great decisions even if you were rebelling against those decisions. There was a care and concern and respect for your parents. Again, one of the striking stories that I remember is you snuck out of your house but you left your mom a note because you were worried that if she got up and saw that you'd snuck out, you wanted her to to know that you were okay. Yes. so Which I still think was a very kind thing. To so do. kind. Yeah, but people Could don't just, do that is what we're saying. I know. Yeah. But, but what's funny is that I still think that that would be like the win-win for everyone <laughs> rather than going back saying, hey, if I could talk to my 16-year-old self, I would have told her just to stay at home. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, I got baby. to go out and I wrote her a note. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that was a, a good solution. Okay, well, so one of my questions is, let me find it here. It says, what advice would you give to a current 16-year-old today? I know that's like really big, but you've lived a lot. You've been a 16-year-old. We just heard a story about it. Like in general, when you look at 16-year-old girls, mm-hmm. what, what do you want them to know? Oh, gosh, great question. That's one that I wish I had 48 hours ago because I could come up with something in a deeper part of my brain to to come up with. I will say to kind of go back to the home that I was raised in and why I had such a respect for my parents, they held themselves to the same standard that they expected from us. It was not parents that said, don't do this or that, but then they were doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom said she didn't watch shows that she didn't want us to watch because she didn't Mm -hmm. understand putting kids to bed and then watching something that she knew shouldn't be in their minds and now she's putting it in hers and same thing with music, same things with, you know, substances, anything else. So I always had such great respect for my, mm-hmm. for my parents because I knew they weren't, um, 
it wasn't a, a legalistic household. It wasn't just right. They weren't. Do, they weren't really strict. They even. weren't. Yeah, yeah. They they expected honesty, mm-hmm. and they expected communication. They were clear. Yes, yes, and and examples of verbal. They they also standards. modeled mm-hmm. what they were mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah, there's. I think for a lot of kids, there's probably that disconnect of well, you don't do that totally you know and i mean kids are and, always and even on that. the parent side parents that say well i don't have to do that because i'm the parent but but you're gonna do it and again i always say and actually it's not me but dr dobson says rules without reason equals rebellion uh-huh. and so i think what i hear you say is that your mom and dad put down rules but i think they did a good job of explaining why and in mm-hmm. mo- and then modeling that for themselves and so yeah. in your rebellion which all kids do yeah. right in your rebellion, you were still mindful of them. And I yes. think as a parent, that's really all that we want to know that yes, you chose to sneak out or yes, you chose to do whatever, but something that I have taught you or have tried to encourage you to do was still a remnant in that decision-making process. Yes, because it wasn't a rebellious spirit. I wasn't right. wanting to do something against them or to spite Purposeful. them. Purposeful. I was just, I was driven by my curiosity, I think. And so, I was curious about different things. And so I went and positioned myself to find out more about those things, even if it wasn't where my parents wanted me mm-hmm. to be, you know? Mm-hmm. But because of their, because of the foundation and because of the, how they had rooted me in confidence and being secure in myself, I was able to actually navigate places that I chose to, to be mm-hmm because I was comfortable making decisions for myself, not out of what other people, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so there was a good, I really think that it, if you can teach a child to be secure mm-hmm. in themselves, mm-hmm. then then you really don't have to address really any other behavior yeah. concerns. Because insecure people, not just kids, but insecure people, you'll see that behaviorally and in their decision making mm-hmm. because we're doing things to try to overcompensate for yes. that insecurity. Yes. A hundred percent. You wind up doing things that you, that are not true to your character mm-hmm. or that are out of character um, when you aren't sure yeah. of yourself. So I think when I have a 16 year old and to any 16 year old today, that would probably be like fight for fight to love yourself mm. like fight to be okay with who you are whether that means changing who you allow to speak to you changing what you uh what you expose yourself to that you can sense is is just p- putting your head into a funky space mm-hmm. of not liking yourself mm-hmm. that will drive you to do actions that that you wouldn't have done otherwise Right. Um, in a healthier space. Yeah. And that's uh, a lot of DNA that you actually see replicated in, in our business in refit, mm-hmm. yeah. helping empower women to love themselves as they are, where they are with the body they have. Absolutely. So, yeah. Speaking of business, mm-hmm. I would like to know what were your, well, okay, let's, how did we all meet? Let's just start there. Yep. Um, well, Angela and I were, t- uh, we were taking fitness classes, uh, for a very brief time before that instructor wanted us to start teaching with her. And I was attending classes with my sister, my oldest sister and Angela were, uh, good friends. And so we were all 
just participants and met in the fitness community. Um, but then we started teaching together and then one thing led to another and kind of like the legs in the movie theater. (laughs) We got to get, we got to put this thing together quick. I don't know how much time we're going to have. So we got (laughs) to get this business up and going. So, um, no, then Catherine started teaching with us and, you know, we all have different perspectives of, of how different relationships formed. But I think the cliff notes version is that we did meet through fitness. Um, and it was refit before it was called refit. We, we came together and we were bonded together by our love for other people. Mm -hmm. And we just so happened to, you know, all be able to stomp clap at the same time, you know, and carry your rhythm in our movement. Mine's questionable. So so with that, I would like to know what were your first impressions of Angela and what were your first impressions of myself? Okay. Okay. But can I set the scene? Cause this is going to shape Emily's first impressions. When I first met Emily, she was a senior in college. Same. And I was a mother of three. Okay. Not same. Okay. Angela, my earliest memory of you was actually in my sister's living room. Yes, this is mine. And she had sent me a, a picture of you, not a picture of you, but she had said like before we all started to get together, she was like, well, my friend Angela is also taking these classes, yada, yada, yada. So she forwarded me over your blog and I remember that headshot. <laughs> the like, remember the, your like, against the graffiti wall? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 this is just You're, you with the, with the like swoop poof situation. It was a blog professional headshot. Oh, was I wearing black? Yes. Yeah. Did I have pageant hair? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. Very voluminous. Yes. Yeah. But I remember once I met you, I was like, oh, this doesn't seem like the same person. Like in my mind, I was going to meet a 34 year old blogger. Like KR. Right. Yes. Or, um, Anne Graham Lotz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You that, you were coming to meet an adult. Yes. As and a instead, child. Instead, yeah. I really felt like so my memory was in the living room. I don't know if we were trying to come up with choreography or if we were just getting to know each other, but I just remember laughing so hard and conversation being so easy. Mm-hmm. Like I remember just being able to talk and we laughed and I think we were, you know, we didn't take ourselves very seriously. There wasn't, I don't know. It was a very quick and easy friendship. Did you ask her to touch your leg as well? (laughs) Hey, guess what? I didn't shave my legs. She did have shorts on. I do remember that. (laughs) Oh my God. You had shorts on. I think your hair was in a ponytail. She was blonde, like really blonde. Oh, like sunshine. Yes. Platinum. Blue eyed, tan. You know, she just was like the. Again, because of bleach in a tanning bed. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you just were the quintessential Baylor college girl, you know, that I was like, oh, you're so cute. Uh, wow what was that noise emily a gross gross okay so Catherine, how did you meet what's your first impressions of Catherine? oh oh, oh. sorry i thought you were talking to Catherine. no i (laughs) it's like why Catherine? what's your first impression of Catherine? um well the womb was weird and i yes no i uh, gold's gym was my first was my earliest memory of of seeing you and you know oh, we've, yeah. we've said it was the it was it was the michael jackson girl like it was the center of the at dance the, circle at the end of a soul train is where we met yes Catherine yes. did a really amazing uh, solo dance that was very impressive to the whole room mm-hmm. so, i did something mm-hmm. of course we're going to take notice 
Yeah, but my first impression of you as a friend was um, someone who was very intentional with conversation. You know, like you wanted to have a conversation and there was a, I will say there was a level of seriousness. No, I think I remember some things one time we talked about outside of Gold's Gym and I'm slightly embarrassed. So continue. <laughs> was that when you were deep in like your church girl, um, whatever, persona? I Yes, but I was just very serious, I would say. Yeah, I, I think you... Uh, what I remember, I think you carried concern yes. for people. Just I think in general. I was doing like my brows were furrowed more a little bit. Maybe so, yeah. But I felt like there there was just an element of concern and wanting to ask questions so that you can make sure that person was okay. Yeah, yeah, yes. Very intentional. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you and Angela had a blast together, <laughs> and me, you just wanted to cry, and you were concerned that I was overly concerned about being concerned it was thanks for giving me a second chance it it was a quick start with both you know like I felt like it wasn't just a oh yeah this acquaintance this girl that I met one time it was once we were introduced to one another then the time spent together was then immediate so it was kind of like a, a the cannonball into the swimming pool I'm laughing because I remember Emily, Emily and I having business meetings in your apartment at Pecan Ridge. Uh-huh. Is that right? Yep. About whether apartment. or not we were going to ha- have you be on the team. <laughs> we use the term junior partner. I still what, am a junior what, partner. What even is? We hadn't even established. I do remember like I, an LLC. No, we I do were, remember y'all coming to me and be like, so you can be on the team as a junior partner. And I was like, okay. We were making up words. I was like, okay. And it was something like, so for the first month, you will only co-teach with us. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I I, I was like, great. Hey, oh we didn't know what we were doing, but we were doing something. We were trying. We're going to create this on-ramp <laughs> for you. Y'all did it. God. And we, we were junior friends. So that's good. Look at our on-ramp now. I have a couple of uh, rapid-fire questions for M. Okay. Is that okay, Cappy? Yes, I was gonna ask, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, I was gonna ask you, at what point did you think, man, I can be friends with these girls for a long time? I think it was probably whenever we started traveling Mm -hmm. and the number of questionable (laughs) sleeping accommodations. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, you experience certain things together. Talk about not being comfortable. (laughs) let's just make a note talking about lowering expectations or just letting go of them altogether that hampton inn and on the backside of michigan hey let's make a note that we need to do a podcast about our travel experiences because there's a lot of rich content that people don't know but just as a side note when Catherine, emily and i first started teaching fitness we were also putting videos on youtube and we got it we started getting requests from people to travel and do these fitness classes so we went to Uh, Chicago was our very first one and so we had some questionable travel logistics they were mostly in the Midwest yes with a lot of land and few people there's the yeah the more and more I look back on that I'm like wow we made it yeah they were they were complete strangers still alive you guys complete strangers that we stayed in people's houses yeah so maybe you know as 
as we've discussed of my personality here, being able to go into a situation and then just kind of like laugh and make the best of it, we have been able to and still do that, which is why maybe I feel, you know, there is a kindred spirit yeah. in us that can kind of just roll with it and say, we're here. Let's go. We gotta, let's go. Yeah. And you know, I don't think, I think I, just to echo what you just said, I think I took um, took that for granted. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that's not normal until yeah. I traveled with other people that were difficult. Yes. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not normal for people to be just like, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll sleep on the floor or let's all three hop in the bed. I'll be in the middle. Like, yeah. Like, we really, to your point, we really had like a chemistry that most people probably don't have mm-hmm. now rapid fire question yes i thought you were gonna say something go ahead oh yeah no agree <laughs> i agree um okay some rapid fire questions just kind of fill in the blank don't think okay. too hard so you know we can okay. edit anything out that you don't like that you said um question if you were to fill in the blank i am jealous of what are you jealous of? It doesn't have to be a person, but maybe like a skill or, a, you know, clothing or attire or something like that. Okay, without, not going to think too hard. I don't know. You're I, thinking really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm not a very jealous person yes that's why i asked it because you're not a jealous person (laughs) i am with the word envious of or wish you had Mm -hmm. be better longing for Uh uh-huh i mean i am very surface level i am jealous of people who can wake up and go i annoy myself at the level of ramp up time the fact that you're a like newborn like tiny little mouse when you wake up three phases in the morning eyes open body movement brain activity you know like (laughs) i wish i could i i feel like i'd be more productive if i could hit the i I really am envious of my mom in that regard she's the highest she is the highest capacity person that i know and has a kind of strength that's not obvious Mm -hmm. but what she's able to carry and just not complain about and go she is like endless Mm -hmm. in her source of of energy and brain activity i feel like she's always on and i feel like i'm always going but not always as effective as she is and she requires very little sleep she gets things done early in the morning and she's still being productive at 11 p.m. And then I am looking at Ooh. someone who is exactly what you described. <laughs> you are always going. You get very little sleep. I know it's not a choice right uh-huh. now, but you're always doing something. You kind of thrive in chaos. You mm-hmm. carry a lot. So I think it's you're 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 eventually going to become your mother. So there's the hope. Well, there we go, <laughs> Janet. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. You are a saint. Mom. Yes. Okay. Next question. Do you want a baby girl? Oh, not in place of my two boys. No, no, no. But but we all know you're going to have another baby. In addition to, I right. would like another baby. This mm-hmm. is 
kind of me saying it out loud for the first time. I think there's still room in my heart and in my arms. But I don't know. Little girls scare me. Yeah. You know, I would, yeah, I would me love too. to have three boys. Another boy would definitely be easier, but having a baby girl would be an adventure. Yeah. And I know so many people, it's kind of like a PC answer. You know, you never want to say that you want one gender or another because I am going to love any baby. Yes, oh, I know. Yes, yes, yes. That. Yes. But, you know, I just didn't know if as a mom of two boys, if you would also. But people do have pretty strong opinions mm-hmm. of once they have a single, a multiples of a single gender, mm-hmm. if they. Yep. I wanted all girls and I got them. But I will yeah. say now seeing my husband uh not have anyone to hunt with or fish with Cody <laughs> I do I wish there was a boy around um yeah okay so this is a little harder so dig a little well, deeper those first two oh, gosh, okay well not. then let me give you something easier first okay. what is the first thing you do in the morning very first thing other than uh, open your eyes duh but um my first thing is I do get my phone yeah I do I look at it I know it's not the best habit but it's my alarm and yeah. so once I turn off my alarm, it stays in my hand. No judgment. I look at my phone too. Yep. First thing I reach for. And I get up, but I stay in my pajamas once I go out to the living room. I've been wanting to wake up and go ahead and just stay in my room with my pajamas and then go ahead and like get ready for the day. Again, coming back to example of my mom, she, and I think maybe why she was so productive, she would wake up and go ahead and get ready, get ready for the mm-hmm. day. And then she'd leave her bedroom and she was... There, the number of times that I've been surprised by someone coming and ringing the doorbell and it's 1130 and I still have like my glasses on <laughs> and like my <laughs> sleeping garments. Like when the IRS did that? Yeah, and of course, you know, it, different times, different seasons. Yes. Right now. Okay. No okay, now I got to go deeper. Okay. What's the biggest misconception of you? Um, that I am always happy. Yeah, I was going to say. There is stereotypes of the Enneagram, if any of you guys are familiar with the Enneagram. But even if you just, even if you know nothing about the Enneagram, long before that even came out, the most common interaction that people have with me is cheerfulness and smiles and hugs and encouragement. But that's not to go too deep here, but... I've realized again in the last two years that it's that is because that's a default operation. That also means that it's the easiest way to operate and that to be in any other state actually is a lot more draining. So even though, you know, for some people you think, man, to like have to put on a smile like that for some people to quote unquote fake it or like put on a poker face takes a lot out of them. For me, like that's way easier than actually showing or expressing a a more true feeling in that Mm -hmm. moment. So anyway. Well, and true to Enneagram 7s, they don't like to feel. They will think about feelings that they're supposed to feel, but they're not actually feeling the feeling. So I imagine turning off the happy connects you a little more closely to what you're actually feeling, which could be kind of scary. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the biggest... Uh, takeaways from learning about the Enneagram is that being feeling feeling repressed is not just being repressed from feeling the negative feelings but you actually rob yourself from being able to 
truly feel all of the you can't choose positive mm-hmm. emotions you can't too. choose which feelings you repress yeah, yeah yeah so it's a little bit autopilot mm-hmm. robotic when it when it comes to emotions that i've tried to work you know as soon as i heard that i was like oh then i need to start paying more attention to my feelings because i really do want to feel joy mm-hmm. during times of joy but there's it, it's a it, it affects both directions all spectrum it mutes yes. emotions in the entire spectrum it's not just always feeling this deep sense of joy mm-hmm. yes it's it, this is unrelated but similar but when i had some postpartum depression after my second child i was put on an antidepressant for a small period of time and you know most people think about antidepressants as you know cutting off the sadness and the the blues and the being down but when i was on the antidepressant it cut off the other feelings too mm-hmm. and so i just lived very muted there yeah, wasn't yeah. there wasn't happiness or sadness there just was and i was on those for very short periods of time because i didn't even feel mm-hmm. like myself you know yeah. i remember my husband saying i would rather you just Cody. be sad <laughs> i'd rather just have you here and be sad because this is like a mute, this a muted version. Space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's true. Yeah. Um, okay. Two final things that I have and then I'm done. Gosh, I can't believe I got through all these. I've got a good question. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, who wears the pants in your family? You or Tommy? Oh, I do. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tommy. You it's heard it here first, nature. Tommy. It's just my nature. I am more aggressive. I'm more outspoken. I'm kind of the firecracker of the two of us. You are also a passionate person. <laughs> but let's all but remember I, that she had to ask you to touch her to leg. To touch her leg. So, yeah. Yes. That's uh, that's fair to say. I, I actually love, maybe we can do another podcast in the future about gender roles because mm-hmm. I yes. I think the three girls in this room have a lot to say about gender roles and that oh, we yeah. don't really confirm, confirm conform no. to any of them. Um, oh, I don't have an option. Take out the trash. Self. Well, but you do <laughs> yeah. have experiences. Yes, I do. Uh, my final one was something that you believe that most people don't. A controversial um, thought. That dinosaurs don't exist. Oh, oh my gosh, really? I think there were large mammals that I don't understand. You know what? I don't know enough about the topic to make a point. <laughs> I'm I was gonna say, how do you? But rec- she, how just, do you reconcile the Waco like mammoth I, site? Yes, and I know they put they've spent lots of time putting all the fossils together to create the form of an animal. <laughs> I know but, Thank you, paleontologists, <laughs> for spending all thank the time all assembling but, these bones. You know, just, don't Emily doesn't believe in them. Crew loves his dinosaurs. I'm glad that someone crew cannot listen to this podcast. I am just so I'm so it was so quick. It was such a quick response. There was no hesitation. You know what? Dinosaurs didn't exist. But go ahead. You were going to say something. I just am confused about the time period where they were alive and humans were not. Mm -hmm. Like I don't I don't actually know how old the earth is. And I don't actually know how a lot how they yeah. can know that a rock was four billion years this old when there's than, only humans. From this the is last about more than dinosaurs. Yeah. So I just question really how old are they, mm-hmm. and were they not just elephants and rhinos in larger size? Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna let that hang because <laughs> we go a lot of directions with that. Um, okay, I have one question. One more question, Emily. Okay. Um, what is a belief that you held? 
like in your stress like passionate like we're like this is true that now you can look back and go man i was wrong about that oh my god! is the answer dinosaurs again <laughs> she's gonna come back in five Santa years Claus. and go dinosaurs are actually real <laughs> when i was little i believed in dinosaurs Okay, I can only think of funny answers. That's because, okay. That's great. Because I grew up, I had no idea I was going to talk about my parents so much in this get to know Emily session, but I grew up with a mom that spoke all of her opinions as facts. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of things that I believed <laughs> <laughs> that I came to find out later were actually just what made sense to her. <laughs> Not factual at all. Example. Um... The uh, <laughs> for y'all that are listening, Emily is just pointing at me, pointing she goes, directly, Leah, at and then Catherine. just pointed like at my eyeball. I can't even think of any specifics, which doesn't make for a good answer. But I also believed that, and maybe this is a testament to to me. I, I've learned obviously sarcasm more as an adult, but as a as a child, I probably like heard things and took them very literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can still be kind of a literal in- interpreter of things. But my dad was watching a Dallas Cowboys game and was like, where did it go? Yeah, Emmett Smith. Uh, <laughs> Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith? Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith. Smith. That's my friend. Like he oh. made a good play, but my dad told me that that was, it's like that's, that's my man. That's I my went to school the next day oh, and no. told everyone that my dad was friends with Emmett Smith, <laughs> and it wasn't until that really was much that later was your on. senior year in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was in third grade, and yeah, obviously that wasn't true. I'm trying to think of of a bigger, more not like belief system, mm-hmm. but um, a larger scale belief that once was shaping my life that that now no longer does it's kind of hard and what's going to happen is we're going to end this podcast and you're going to be like wait wait, wait. i know exactly i know what it's said. okay i know yep do you have any more questions i don't okay i have one last question okay, okay. what is just something that's bringing you joy right now mm. in the midst of covid19 i have really enjoyed obviously the weather has been fantastic I am not usually like a, I'm a very infrequent drinker. Yeah. Oh, so you got a little. There's a new beer that we've discovered mm. that is so refreshing and so good. And I have enjoyed. New beer. Like, what what it's is a it new called? Beer. It's Crawford Bach. Okay, Crawford Bach. Yes. You you would like to advertise? We need a sponsor. Emily is into your beer right now. Yes. There have just been some some moments of simplicity of being on my back porch in a small backyard with kids that are satisfied with a water hose, drinking a beer with the sunshine. Mm -hmm. Like it has been, it's those like little small moments that I really can, as soon as I can see that the sun's going to be out. And if I know that like four to six is going to be not filled with something else. Cause something that has not brought me joy is trying to, to fill the time for my kids Mm -hmm. at home all the time. 
because I, they're very aware of when Tommy and I are working. And so I have to like hide my work from them because if they see me working, then they always call mm-hmm. me out and they like want to come and shut the computer and no, you didn't see me because you were looking at your phone. Like they call me out so quick. Mm. And so I try to, it has brought me a lot of joy to carve out time where I am just like sipping on a Crawford Bach and watching them play in water. Something about kids and water and sun. Mm-hmm. I'm a mountain in, in girl, beer. but yes. Yeah. It just, it's I was summer. Like, I'm like living a country song right now. Well, I grew up listening to country music yeah. and it just, it's and all we, the right elements. And yeah. we one used moment. to run through sprinklers when we were little. Yes. Like that was normal. And the grass would like itch your ankles and you're yes. like, I don't care. I'm going anyway. Yes. You and know? I just like picked up a basketball. I was shooting baskets and then take a sip of my beer, squirt my kids with the water hose. It was just, it was simple and mm-hmm. I felt, yeah, young and that was a, was like, there's only one moment that is that kind of thing is a true moment of joy. Yeah. Well, we hope that those of you listening are also experiencing true moments of joy and we hope that you got to uh, enjoy listening to our bundle of joy, Emily, the Mm -hmm. enthusiast, Emily. And we are happy to um, update you guys that Emily does shave her legs now. She does. So I did right before I came because I was wearing the shorts at by at 9 30 this morning. Not. I could have the prank on both of you there you go (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway thanks for listening you guys if you have more questions that you want to hear answered from Emily you can leave them in the comment section of our Finding Fit Instagram account which is Finding Fit Pod Finding Fit Pod and as always if you guys love what you're hearing uh, because we are doing this for free unless we find a sponsor Crawford (laughs) Bach it helps if you share this with your friends and post and comment and like and leave a review all the things that you can do to help spread the finding fit love we would certainly appreciate thank you guys for having me see you soon you're welcome (laughs) bye where you go i will go where you go i will go true (laughs) hip-hop